0: Hello and welcome back to podcast for the Crusaders of New Temple. I'm Khan Sue
1: And I'm Thea playing 74 level paladin now.
0: Yeah, and I'm uh, all the way up to level 50 as a rogue now. I'm slowly moving up the uh, lines bit by bit, uh, week by week. I put a few hours into, uh, into my character. We're here to give you our podcast again. We know uh, we missed the podcast last week, and for those of you that were anxiously waiting it, we know there were just droves of you out there. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be covering some useful items here for the uh, lower-level beginning characters to help them uh, make a good living in in the game and advance through the levels. We're going to cover what is a gatherer.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about what the the different gathering skills and some benefit or disadvantage of just being a gatherer and, and not using a gathering skill that is specifically with the craft skill.
0: And I'm going to talk to you about making gold in the auction house using a couple of uh, great plug-in mods to uh, help you earn up to 250 gold an hour. And we're also going to cover crafting trades.
1: Yeah, I'm going to talk, since I'm talking about being a gatherer, now I'm going to go into the crafting trades. Blacksmithing along with the mining that goes along with it. And then we're probably going to go back into a little bit more of the auction house. And then I'm going to cover leatherworking and the skinning trade that goes with that. Okay, and one
0: of the final capper on this we're going to give you some uh, hints and tips on the dead mine and how to get through the dead minds without so welcome back to the uh podcast for the crusaders of new temple once again i'm Aunt
1: con sue and I'm Thea. Okay. I guess it's my turn to go first, since I'm covering gather. What is a gather? Basically, a gather is someone who chooses to gather, either or using the mining skill, leather using the skinning skill, and herbs as an herbalist. Those are three types of components that people need to do their craft trades. But just a heads up with this: I have personally tried running one character as a gatherer. This character gathered leather and. Or, and I ran another character as a blacksmith and leather worker. This is my own personal observation. It worked with me because I tend to, I play two main characters, and I tend to give so much time to this one and so much time to this one so I can keep their levels going up on a reasonable, keep them fairly close. My second character is a 70 level hunter, so they aren't within four levels of each other. Got a little behind because of my little mess up here. So what I found is I spent I spent so much time with my hunter gathering the ore and the leather so that I could send it to my blacksmith and leather worker to make what he needed to bring his skill up. What I found is I spent so much time gathering that I didn't put the time in that I had allotted to play my hunter to make his leather. And then I'd send everything over to my paladin, who was a blacksmith leather worker, and I'd make the stuff that he had the materials for, and then i go off and start making his level. So what I actually turned out doing was it wasn't working for me. It may work for you. Hey, good. Have a try at it. It may be what you're looking for. But I did made a major change. I made my paladin... A blacksmith miner. I had I had to spend about six hours of gaming time to get his mining up to his blacksmith level so he can mine the ore that he needed. And I did the opposite with my leather worker, with my hunter. I made him a leather worker, and I had to spend a lot of time going back down getting the lower level of leather so he can get his skill up to his leather, his skinning skill. But that was my own choice. But so now that I've covered the fact, we're not gonna talk too much about each one of these. I will get into the other ones when I talk about blacksmithing and leather working, but basically your skill level Level. While you are, if you're gathering stuff such as ore, leather, and herb, when if you click on the item, either a body or the ore or the herb, it'll bring up a window, and that window will come out into a color. If it's red, you're too low to gather that item, and if you actually try to gather it, it'll tell you, you need a certain skill level. Orange, you are guaranteed to get a skill point for gathering that material. Yellow, you're likely to get a skill point, and green, it's a low chance for a skill point. You're looking anywhere from a couple to tw- 10 to 20 times on a green. To get a skill point or even more sometimes, and gray if it's gray, you're not going to get a skill point. But my recommendation is gray or green, you still take it because if you don't need it, you can sell it. So that's going to take you into the auction house now. Because if you are a gatherer, your whole main purpose is to make money as a gatherer. That is the best thing to really do is to make gold. It's, I don't recommend it as a soap as a as you being a gatherer, just a supply of characters, but that's up to you.
0: Yeah, I can agree there. I actually did run a gatherer character myself and. And I found it was uh, not not doing me very well. All it did was collect stuff and uh, ended up uh, wasting a lot of time. But as far as gathering stuff that you don't need, um, always a good thing. If you can pick it up, always pick it up because you can sell it in the auction house. You can sell just about anything in the auction house. I've seen some pretty useless items sold in there. But if
1: you want to be a gatherer just to make money, that's a, that's not a bad way to go.
0: That's not too bad. There's some uh, decent. You can get some pretty decent pricing for things in the auction house. Now one of the things you can do. Uh, Auction house wise, first thing you need to do is you need to have yourself a alternate somewhere between the level of 21 and 29 that you're really not playing much anymore because that's the premium level. And the other thing you wanna do is you wanna make your alternate a uh, enchanter because the having an enchanter doing the auctioning for you can uh, pose some benefits. Now, the other thing you'll want for auction house making gold is you need at least two add-ons to uh, add to your uh, game. One of them being called Auctioneer. This add-on is one wonderful, mod which allows you to go through the auction house and pick and choose and find stuff and just make an easy profit of it. The other one you'll want is called mail grab. It's a very excellent uh, thing because what happens is once you get into the auction house pretty soon every time you go to your mailbox it's stuffed full and you can spend upwards 15 or 20 minutes just emptying your mailbox. The mailbox the mail grabber uh, add on adds a button to your mailbox you click it it says take all a few moments later it's cleaned out your mailbox.
1: Well, that's a great thing unless you're doing what I do with a lot of- of my characters is I use the mail as a bank a lot of times because I've got so much stuff floating around in the bank because it, I've got both their own bank vaults filled up so sending stuff to my lower level characters to let it sit there. The good part about that is it sits if you do what I'm doing it sits there for the 30 days and it returns it back to you so it's a good it's a 30 day bank as long as you don't take and take it into that character you sent it to. But, so if you when you do make that auctioneer character I don't suggest sending stuff to them and filling up your bank. Unless yeah, you,
0: always a good plan. Now how much can you make in the auction? house, well, I'll give you I'll give you some clues. I started using this about three weeks ago, just to see how much I could make. Um, shortly after our last podcast, I started playing the auction house. And I started, uh, one character, he had a measly 10 gold. He's now sitting at almost 3,000 gold. And he's actually sent out over 1,000 to some of the other, uh, characters to help him out. So, in all, I've cleared over 4,000 gold. How do I do this? Oh, about half an hour a day, is what's required. You, uh, would log into your tune that is the alternate for, uh, doing your auctioneering, you log into the system, do your auctioning stuff, grab your money, sell your stuff, and away you
1: go. What is thy bidding, my master?
0: Okay, back to it. What we're doing here at the auction house now. Once you uh, get the program, the program you're going to get is the Auctioneer. You can go get it from Curse Client. We thought we talked about Curse Client in our last podcast, so go listen to our last podcast and find all about Curse Client and how to use it. And once you've installed Auctioneer, you have to do a little bit of uh, configuration for it. It's not that hard to do; makes it relatively easy to use. And to do that configuration, what you need to do is you need to um, log into your character and auctioneer will automatically be there. Take yourself to an auction house, go find the auctioneer and talk to him and open it up. Once you open it up, you'll discover that it has several new tabs on the auctioneering program and from what it originally had. And these great tabs are labeled uh, browse, bids, auctions, bean counter, search, host, and appraiser. The ones you'll use the most will be the uh, search, the appraiser, and the bean counter. Um, at the top, you'll notice something new too. You'll notice a uh, a play button and a little uh, fast forward button that's colored blue. These are used for scanning the auction house. Because one of the things you need to do is you need to know what auctions are available before you can start bidding on
1: them. Yep, and the thing is when I was doing my auction house without using that scan, I'd try to buy something and it tell me it's not there. So without scanning that auction house, it's going to list items that it thinks are there that aren't really there.
0: That's right, and it'll use, it'll use the last known scan it did. So you have to do a scan scan every single time you log in. Now, the fast scan is what I use. Now, to use the fast scan, you have to have a very good internet connection and you need a fairly fast computer. If you don't have a fast computer, it can cause you to boot out. In fact, they give you a warning when you use it. You just click that blue button, it pops up the warning, you tell the warning to go away, and then you click the button a second time. And it starts scanning. Now, what the scan does, it takes anywhere from two to three minutes to complete. You can go do something else, go grab your drink, refill, whatever you're going to do. Once that scan is complete, then what you'll need to do, that's the other thing there, is there is a second scan button in the lower portion of the window, and it says scan. But, if you use that, you better be prepared to go have a cup of coffee and be prepared for it to be out of date, because it takes upwards of 15 minutes to complete. And, by the time it's completed, some of the stuff it found in the auction could already be sold. I have found times where I do my scan, start buying stuff, and it's already sold before I can buy it. So, the auction house can be a very competitive place sometimes. It'll we'll give you some- hints here on what you want to do also. One of the things you want to do is if with your auctioneer character, take all the stuff you've been carrying around in your bag, all that quest items, the useless miscellaneous items and go stuff it in the bank. Um, Get it out of your way because you want your bags to be completely empty. And as you start to make gold you want to get the biggest bags you can get and also to buy all the bag slots in your bank tab so you can uh, store all the uh, miscellaneous stuff you'll get. Uh, Plus you'll also collect miscellaneous stuff that doesn't seem to sell. You stick it in the bank for a while, then you can take it and sell it. So there's lots of good uses for yeah, that. Yeah,
1: another good part, since you're already scanning, it is your auctioneer character. You've got a leather crafter, blacksmith, a tailor, and you see components, ore, cloth, any of that stuff for outrageously low prices, then you should buy it and send it to that tomb.
0: Yeah, I do that on a regular basis. I often stumble across somebody selling stuff for dirt cheap. It's yeah. kind of amazing.
1: And the nice part about that is you send it to that tune that can make stuff with it. They can make stuff to send right back to your auctioneer character to put on the market.
0: Okay. And now once you've finished your scan, now what you're going to do, the first thing you want to do is you want to buy up all the low-level stuff you can get. Now what you do is you click on the tab labeled Search. It brings up a search window. There's multiple choices here, and there's basically only a couple that you use. The first one you'll see, it's about three-quarters of the way down in the left-hand column. It's called Resale. You click on that Resale tab, and it brings up another window and what you're going to hunt for. It tells you what you're going to look for. You're going to look for things called Minimum Profit, Maximum Price, for resale. There's a tab there called allow bids, allow buyouts. There's a few things in this. One of the things you want to do is you want to see the box that says allow bids. Uncheck it. Go over to minimum profit. Change the minimum profit to something you think is uh, worthwhile um, that you want to make a profit on. And over at maximum price, you go over there and choose the maximum price you think you're willing to pay. And underneath that is a price valuation. You pick a price valuation that you think will work for you. Play with it. Experiment You'll find what works for you. Then you click on the search button let it do a search. Now what it's going to do is it's going to search through that scan you just did and find out what is very useful and what is very cheap and it really doesn't matter what time of day you come and do this. Um, just about any time of day is good because the auction house has always got people buying and selling continuous. At any given point in time I've seen that there's oh, approximately 237,000 auctions going on so there's a lot happening in there. Now while it goes through that scan um, you can go grab yourself another cup of coffee or something because it's going to take another couple three minutes to do that scan okay so now that you've finished your uh, your scan of all the items you can uh, go through here and you can search for the items that are lowest price Um, search for the premium items is generally how it goes you search for stuff that green blue whatever and you look for your best profit margin for it and you just buy those items up and as you buy them up they uh, snag right out and it's easy to buy it right from this screen there's a button down in the lower right hand corner uh, says buyout so you just buy this stuff up Add it to your uh, bags, then you bring it back in, and you put it back in the auction house. uh, Snickety-doo. It's a great little thing to do. Wow, that sounded really sad. I'm definitely going to have to edit that piece out. Anyway, once you buy this stuff up man it's, it makes it so you can put it back in the bank and or back in the auction house and make yourself a reasonable profit on it and one of the things you'll find in here is there's lots of really great um, low priced items like right now as I go through here, I'm finding myself a whole bunch of ore that one of my uh, other characters need and that ore I'll send over to him so he can uh, mill it out and uh, and make up some nice armor and that's where if you have the other characters, you have the crafting skills. And trades when you buy this stuff and you send it off to them because sometimes it's cheaper to buy it than it is to um, to go out there and gather it
1: yep yeah, so I guess now that I think that was my lead-in that I'm supposed to now give him a break from talking about the auction house for a bit so I'm gonna start out I'm gonna start out with skinning skinny's going to lead us into leather working so basically when you basically when you need to figure out what level an animal is to kill you for your skinning level there's a simple formula that pretty much works and everywhere've I have been able to I've done some testing this seems to be about right, if your skill levels below 100. You take your skill level, say it's um, 90. You divide that by 10. That makes it 9. And you add 10 to it. That means at, a, at 90, you need to you can skin up to a 19th level animal. And if it's over 100, let's say let's say it's 160. Divide that by five. That equals 32. That means you can skin up to level 32 animals. So that gives you an idea what type of animals you can kill and skin based on your current skill level. Okay? So basically, skinning is pretty simple. Just one reminder. You're starting out. If any of our people on here are just starting out and just determined they're going to take on skinning, don't forget to go buy a skinning knife. You do need something in your backpack all the time to do some skinning. Same thing when you're going for mining. You will need a pick. Okay. Reminder, you need to purchase. I already said that. Reminder, you need to purchase Knife. Now on to leatherworking. Leatherworking can be a very rewarding profession. It's very beneficial for those who wear leather and mail, such as a rogue, a hunter, a druid, and a shaman. Shaman, uh-huh. bad pronunciation. Didn't I do that last time in our last podcast? Oh yeah, <coughs> yeah, yeah pronunciation. Right. Tongue trips over. Okay, leatherworking itself is a good profession. One of the things to consider out there are a lot of people making leather. There's a lot of people making armor, plate, and all this stuff. I won't cover this part again, but blacksmithing, leather working, they are good professions for your own character. They're not bad professions to make money, but if you think you're going to make a lot of money, you're not going to make a whole lot because there are drops out there that are much better than the armor we can make. The problem is there's thousands of people out there. That's why there's so much in the auction house. You personally are not going to find as many of these drops and you'll be able to keep yourself in the best armor you can keep yourself in until you find something better. Okay, That's until you get to higher levels of when you can start making some of those blue items. And when you're going to actually make a blue item, some people do buy those. But don't get me wrong, you can make gold, like I said, but if your main purpose is out to be to make gold, then you might be all better looking at uh, being a gatherer instead of a, having a certain profession, unless it's for your character. Okay, skinning is the only companion skill that you will need for leatherworking. Okay, and I, as I said before when I talked about gathering, I've already tried... Being a gatherer, providing for another character—I don't think it worked out. So, and there are several quests related to leatherworking. The first is your skill level is 70. It's an alliance-only quest. You talk to leather trainer in Darnassus. They will give you a quest that goes with your leather. The next set of quests all start at level 225. You can pick up these quests at the Feathermoon Stronghold in Pharalis. That's alliance. Camp Mahachi in the, for the Horde in Pharalis. And this quest is—that's first those who are plan on going to the tribal leather specialty skill tribal leather working s- skill this is one of this is when you start starting ready to go for the specialties i'm giving you this information i know but a lot of you people following us or may not be at this point but to let you know i just want to let you know there are specialty skills for the leather and i'm just going to cover what they are so after you become an artist and leather worker you should consider a specialization or rogue it's recommended that, that you become an elemental leather worker if that's the purpose you're leather working because you are to provide armor for your specific class, then you, as a rogue, you're looking at elemental leatherworking. Elemental leatherworking leads towards agility and stamina bonuses. And includes what they call that storm shroud set. It includes a full set of specialty armor. And a hunter and a shaman, they need to go to dragon scale leather. And this is due to the mix of attack power bonuses and caster orientated stats, and the fact that this is a mail instead, a chain mail instead of leather. Okay, so dragon scale specifically is a is a specialty class for leather that's going to let you make chain mail. And then the last one is tribal leather working. It's generally regarded as a druid's line. Tribal recipes include the Iron Feather set, which is very nice for healing druids, and the Devil Saur set, which is appropriate for the feral druids, if you're playing a druid. I tried playing a druid, got it to level 15, and kind of kanked it. Didn't wasn't my type of character. So um we've covered a little bit about leather working, so I think Akansu has a little bit more to talk to you about on the auction house, and then I'm gonna go back to talk to you about blacksmithing and mining. Anyway, what you do is you buy
0: stuff for your uh, for your characters that are doing their uh, their um, craftsman stuff. One of the things that is useful is you can get dirt cheap um, green components in the auction house and use them to uh, to um
1: disenchant. disenchant
0: that's the word I'm looking for. You can get the dirt cheap and components and use them to disenchant to collect the materials you need for enchanting. And it's kind of amazing. I actually filled my bag full of enchanting components for less than two gold. It was uh, quite the feat. So you can use the auction house to collect a lot of materials you need for your characters at dirt cheap prices. You just got to kind of pay attention to it. The auction house is great for finding these items. And all in all, the auction house is the place where you can do... and. Bring up your gold levels. Like I said, I've uh, brought my gold level from 50 gold, not enough to buy everything, to over 4,000 gold in total so far over the course of three weeks, at a rate of uh, half an hour a day. I use a half an hour a day. It's like I can't play every day, but I can usually find a half an hour in the evening to log in, do the auction house stuff, log out, continue off of my evening. So,
1: well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a try. I have not done any much auction house work at all. I have gone over everything with Akon Su today before we started this podcast and listened to his explanation in the podcast, so when I get back home tonight, I'm, I'm going to take my 24-level warlock, who's an enchanter, and that's going to become my auction house person, and I'm going to give it a try. In the next podcast, I'll let you know how well I did.
0: Okay, as I was saying, half an hour a day is all you really need on, this, uh, on the auction house, Uh, Initially, it might take you a little time because the auctioneer program is a fairly extensive program and it offers quite a bit. So it does take a little bit to figure out all the little tweaks. If you want to send us email, I'll be happy to answer email questions. Send me email at ankkonsu at newtemple.com. That's A-H-K-O-N-S-U at N-U-T-E-M-P-L-E dot com. I'll happily answer questions for you on the uh, auctioneer program and what I've discovered and how to actually make it work to your best, premium. It's uh, a fantastic, uh, fantastic little program for getting your gold up there. And you can. I've actually tallied my time up. I make over 250 gold an hour because I've only put, you know, like four, five, six hours total over the course of several weeks in there. You know, I didn't. I wasn't in there every day but you need to be there in there at least every couple of days because your auction only goes for 48 hours and if your stuff expires it does nothing but sit in your mailbox so you need to get it out of your mailbox and put it back in the auction house and sometimes putting it in the auction house might take you two or three times putting it in there to get it sold but if you pay attention to the pricing you'll still get the you'll still get yourself a profit out of it and do quite well so that's pretty much everything for the Auction House on this on this one here. I'm going to go into it more in depth in our next podcast. I'll continue it on because one of the biggest things I hear from people of playing World of Warcraft is I don't have enough gold. I need more gold. I need this for my epic mounts. I need this for this armor. It's like I need a better knife for my rogue. It's like my daggers just suck. They're not doing enough damage. Well, the only place you can get those items is the Auction House. And the really good ones sell at premium price.
1: Yeah, wait till you want that flying mount. That's a thousand gold.
0: So, they've made it easier for players, though. You don't have to pay thirty gold for your mount anymore when you're at your level at level twenty. Now, I remember doing that with level thirty, trying to find thirty gold. God, was that hard?
1: Yeah, yeah it definitely was. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to talk about blacksmithing and mining. Basically, on mining, it's very simple. I'm not going to hit on this too much. You click on an ore to mine it. If you're too high, if you're not high enough to, to, to mine that certain ore, you'll be told you need to your skill is not high enough to mine this ore. And like I said before, with leatherworking, you need a skinny knife, but you need to buy a mining pick, or you're not going to be able to mine at all. After you've started, you've determined to be a blacksmith, you started your road to blacksmithing. Another thing you got to buy, you got to get a blacksmithing hammer. So another tool you either got to keep in the bank or keep in your bags because you never know. It's your decision. You're always going to do your blacksmithing at a major city or you're going to just have it in your bag so you can do it anywhere because there are anvils and smelting available in some of these smaller towns and you'll find it in a lot of places. When you get into the higher level areas, you will find capability of doing your blacksmithing at the smaller little towns. First Jess and I have is a new blacksmith. Keep all the stone you mine, every single bit of it. Why?
0: I often chuck out that stuff. I am not that high of a blacksmith on mine, so why do you keep the stone?
1: For one, you need grinding stones to make a lot of your armor. Secondly, making grinding stones, sharpening stones, and wet stones are a quick, fast way to build up a bunch of points until they go green. And make all the wet stones, grinding stones, sharpening stones you can with the stone you have before you make armor because you find more stone and you build it up a lot more. The suggestion I do have is don't do too many sharpening stones or wet stones. Is, unless you plan on handing them off to other characters or, you, or your own. Because as you go up in levels, you're going to exceed that stone and now you're going to make, want to make that next level sharpening stone. You want more grinding stones than anything while you're doing your points just so, so that you have that for when you need to make your armor. But do do, do a nice mix, sharpening, whetstone, grinding stone. Use that first. Get as many points out of those as you can. Because as you go up and you mine, you go up, you're going to go from solid, from coarse, coarse, dense, solid, all these different types of stones. Each one of those is a grinding stone. Each one of those makes a whetstone or a sharpening stone. Okay. Another suggestion I have. My own experience in the Auction House as I was bringing up my characters. Weapons are very... There's not a lot of weapons in the Auction House. There are weapons there, yes. But there are not a lot. They tend to go pretty quickly. And one of the things I have found, that making armor and trying to sell it in the Auction House isn't bad. But there, there's much better armor out there that we can make that hits the Auction House that is drops, then what we can actually make until you get some higher levels can make the specialty armors, some of the blue armors and things like that. So my suggestion, if you can make a point off of making a weapon, it does cost you a little bit more materials usually, but if you can make a point off of it and you want to make some money off of it, then I suggest you make a weapon and put that weapon in the auction house. It doesn't have as much competition from drops.
0: That's true. What I've noticed in the auction house is there are not as many weapons, and the weapons tend to sell for a higher price than armor does. So you do want to spend, on, spend time on weapons if you're looking to make extra gold.
1: Yep, and a weapon selling, can be, it, I think my experience, you're pretty good to about level 50. I mean level 50 of the item. So that's a pretty high level. That's your blacksmithing getting up there pretty high before the weapons aren't really beneficial to sell. But play with that one yourself and try to figure that one out. Times may have changed since I was bringing up my blacksmithing. Okay, so um, now I'm going to talk about some of the blacksmithing quests. When your blacksmithing is level five in Deep Forge, from I mean Iron Forge, from Tormus Deep Forge, you can get two quests: Applying the Front and Gearing Red, Red Ridge. Those are two quests that you can get for your armor quests. And the Horde has two other has a bunch of other quests. They've got four, actually four blacksmithing quests in the Horde. They start at level 32 blacksmithing. So that means your blacksmithing has to be 32. Not much difference, really. And you can get those from Aruk, Amash, and Orkimar, or Ogamar, and they'll give you all these quests. So those are the basic quests that you can get. There are more quests, but now we're talking you've got to be up into higher levels, way up there, you've got to be into the 40s and 50s before you can even even touch these quests. At your level, not your blacksmithing. This is your actual character level. It has to be pretty high. Blacksmithing has to be 225 minimum to touch the other quests. The other quests are basically Mithril. There's, a myth, there's some ornate Mithril quest. There is the Imperial Armor quest. Things like that. So there are more armor quests out there that go with basic blacksmithing last thing I want to cover is blacksmith has two specialties. Weapon, become a weaponsmith, or an armorsmith. Okay? You've got to make that determination yourself. I've got a warrior friend that I run around with quite often. He became a weaponsmith. And for the simple reason I told you about making weapons versus armor to sell. He made that determination that there just were not enough weapons out there for him to be as a warrior who is going to go with the titan's grip, and have two two two-handed swords, he saw the potential in weapons, saw the swords he wanted, and they, by the way, the swords he did want were bind on pickup, which means he can only make them for himself. And the difference is, I went with the paladin, I'm going to have one weapon. I'm either going to go with a two-handed, or I'm going to go with a shield and a sword, depending on which way I decide to fight at the time. So I figured I wanted armor. As a Paladin, I want protection, so I went Armorsmith, okay? And there's some pretty good Armorsmith, and again, I've got a really nice piece of armor that's bind on pickup, and you, you make this one piece, and when you've got the components and you've got the level, you turn that one piece into another piece, and you go through the same piece of armor three different times with new components. So it's a decision you've got to make, Armorsmith, Weaponsmith, Specialty. Don't worry about it. You still get to learn all the other blacksmithing skills. You still get to learn all the leatherworking skills that, that you would normally have learned when you choose a specialty. So, uh, mining, skinning, leatherworking, and blacksmithing.
0: Well, I hope that gives you some great tips. Um, our last thing we're going to cover is we're going to cover uh, the dead mines. And we're going to give you some of the tips from the dead mines. We uh, decided to go through it last night. I took uh my uh rogue uh, being level fifty now, he can basically just walk through the dead mines without any effort. But uh um So you did take here, a little here.
1: level twenty, didn't you? What's that? You took a yeah, little level. Yeah, I took a little level with twenty. You.
0: I took a little level twenty with me through the dead mines because you know he needed he needed some help. He can't do it on his own because I actually tried to do the dead mines my first time at level twenty one, and got my uh, ass handed to me on a spoon. So. It's uh, not something you can do by yourself in the low levels. As you get up there, like any dungeon, the higher you get, the easier it gets.
1: Even but with the 49-level rogue, my little 20-level rogue got his ass wiped. Well, that's only because I wasn't paying attention. you pay- weren't paying attention. I wasn't
0: paying attention. I turned around, and all of a sudden you got swarmed. What can I say? You know, I couldn't pull them all off of, off of you before they creamed you. But anyway...
1: Well, that happens when you got about five to ten of them on you.
0: Yeah, well, I was still able to take them all down by myself after you died, so yeah. that tells me that I can walk through the dungeon fi- just fine. Anyway, we'll cover all that for you, and we'll give you some of the tips, because there's a couple of key spots in the dead mines that are a little tricky, and if you're not paying attention, doesn't matter what level you are, you're going to get your butt kicked. So we'll give you that in a uh, moment. Not. Okay, the dead mines... This is the last little bit of our podcast here today, and we hope you enjoyed it so far. So, covering the dead mines. Doing the dead mines is a very excellent way to go collect yourself a whole shitload of green items.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Everyone seems to go through the dead mines quite regularly. Um, Every time I've gone into the dead mines, I've always stumbled across these uh, 50, 60, 70, 80 level characters who are just wandering through there to make themselves some cash. Because it's a quick way to make money, because the drops in there are incredible. There's a lot of uh, blues, there's a lot of greens. Most of the blues in there uh, bind on pickups, so the only thing you can do with them really is sell them to, the, uh, sell them to a vendor.
1: If, if you don't need it for your specific class.
0: Yeah, most of them are very, they're all very specific classes of the blues, too. Now, the
1: reason I went with the Deadmines with Akansu last night, I started playing a rogue. I had to try one. He's so big on these rogues, it's kind of fun, I'm enjoying it. It's not too bad. Still like my paladin, but and my Sly McGrath. he took him through the Dead Mines last night, and I was after specifically the, the Defias armor for my rogue. Yeah,
0: and you can find it in there. And the Dead Mines have a couple of tricky spots in them um, when you're going in. Um, the first tricky spot you'll hit is when you get in there part of the way after you get through some of the uh, mobs. is the uh, Is the first boss, which is the ogre. Um, he's not too hard. You've got to take down the guys around him first, if you can, and then you take, the, take him down, and he takes you into the, sec- into the first door, and you continue in. Then you'll uh, get into the goblin area of the dead mines. Now, the goblin area of the dead mines has a really tricky spot. This one here, you'll take the goblins out. They're all elites, so you definitely want to have uh, a couple of people with you unless you happen to be a high enough level to walk through on your own. And when you get into these goblins area you'll see a you'll see a machine wandering around a big slice and dice machine looks like it only has one goblin in it well it doesn't it actually has a second goblin hiding in it I went in there once at level 27 thinking I could walk through at that time got as far as that and what happened was I took down the uh, goblin machine turned around and didn't realize I was being beat on from behind by the other goblin who pops out of the machine and he uh, managed to managed to backstab and kill me So you'll want to pay attention when you hit that point there, is when you take down the machine, be ready to take down the second goblin that's hiding in it.
1: And the other thing I've noticed, if if you are planning to go through there by yourself and want to walk through, I've done this with several other instances and it really looks like you've got to be about 20 to 30 levels above that instance to walk through by yourself.
0: That's about right. Uh, that's what I've found. Except for the rogue, who can usually get by with about 15 levels up. Because the rogue can actually sneak around and take down several of the mobs before he wakes up the other ones. It's uh, very useful in being a rogue in that aspect. And you've
1: still got to be careful. You've got to pay attention to the wanderers. And when you start taking on the fixed guys, make sure that wanderer is farther enough away that you can take out that fixed... Those fixed mobs before that wanderer comes walking down. It's usually that wanderer that will get us.
0: And most of the Dead Mines is pretty basic. You just sort of uh, hack and slash your way through it. Um, the Dead Mines is probably one of the easiest dungeons to go through. Grand total time, we just sort of zipped through it last night. It took us less than an hour from start to finish to go all the way through it. Now, what's going to happen now, the last part of the Dead Mines you're going to go to is you're going to get to the main boss of it. His name is Edwin Van Cleef. Now, getting to Edwin, you've got to get onto the ship. Now, when you start approaching the ship, you've got to clean up all the mobs on the uh, gangplank heading up to the ship. But what happens is you get to the bottom gangplank, the last gangplank leading up to the ship, and it looks empty. Well, unless you have the ability to see the uh, hidden, mo- hidden mobs hiding at the bottom of the gangplank, there's two of them, one on either side of the gangplank, and they're stealthed. And uh, they can be hard to see sometimes you got to take those guys out fast because the moment you hit one of them, a big boss from up the gangplank comes running down after you. And if you wake up all three of them at once, you could end up dead. As what will happen is the big boss comes running down the gangplank and he'll stun your ass. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that stun lasts for a while. And while you're stunned, they all beat on you. And uh, so it's best to make sure you've... uh, either lured away one take them down and lure away the other and take them down or manage to stun one with a have a rogue stun one take down the other and the boss will come down and you take out the boss before the other guy wakes up that's one of the tricky spots on this is you want to be right in there
1: Well, I think the next tricky after that is that it's the big boss
0: at the top yep now you're going up to Edwin Van Cleef once you get up on the top deck He's hiding in a room, and he's got two uh, two guys hiding in there with him, and those two guys are stealthed again. Now, the other thing is, wandering around on top of the deck is another minor boss with a couple of uh, guys with him. Yeah,
1: there were three of them, if I remember right. And you sapped one off the end of each off the end of each trail.
0: That's right. You sap them, and the other two keep walking. You take him out. You wait for him to come their circle again. You sap the second one. The other guy walks off. You take him out and then the third time comes around, you take him out. So that takes him out of the way. As
1: long as the mobs are are walking a specific pattern, and with the rogue, which I learned last night, that sap stuns them, but as long as you sap them, you you don't appear, and because you didn't appear but that one stopped, the other one's backs are to you, they just keep on walking. I haven't tried that yet with my paladin, see if I can draw one from the behind. And the others keep walking. I'll give that another try when I've, when I've got some mobs that are actually on their own pattern. I'll try and pull with the paladin from behind and see what happens. Yeah, and we,
0: we made a nice little video of our last, uh, last takedown of the final boss. That will be posted up with this podcast. So check out the video. And uh, we hope you enjoyed our podcast and that little trip through the uh, dead mines. Um, we'll pick another low-level dungeon next time. And... Um, I
1: think the next one is going to be Black Fathom Depths, because if I'm going to keep on going with my rogue, I need a little bit of help there.
0: Okay, we'll go through Black Fathom Depths, and we'll give you the rundown on Black Fathom's Depths, and we'll find out what's tricky in there. So
1: and that Black Fathom's Depths is in Ashenville, and it is a basically a 20-level 20-level inst- uh, dungeon. So that
0: pretty much covers it. Uh, Thanks for listening to our podcast for the Crusaders of New Temple. And uh, we'll be back with another podcast in two weeks instead of three because we're going to try and get back on schedule. So enjoy. Yep. You guys have
1: a great time. Hope you enjoyed our podcast. Talk to you another time. See you later. Oh, and don't
0: don't forget, you can send us email. We both want email. Um,
1: Yeah, we want to know what kind of stuff you want us to cover. We're just right now, we're coming up with it on our own.
0: Send it to Okkon at uh, New dot com and Thea at NewTemple.com. dot com. The links are right here next to the podcast. So have fun.